so much movie. So much movie. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Frida. I'm Abby. And this week's movie is The Core. <laughs> okay. Uh, so before we get into the movie, let's do our standard, which is just a bit of a, you know, what's happening in your science life? Because we are two full-time working scientists, physicists, shall we say. Um... Frida, <laughs> already you look a bit like, oh God, what's going on? Are you all right? Oh no, I'm just so tired. Okay. Uh, I am really tired, I think. No, I did. I had, a, I had a week where I decided that I wanted to do something that I felt like I didn't have enough skill to try before, but I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I spent like the whole week the whole fucking week on that one thing, which was like just an idea that was from a paper, which I could build an algorithm that was based on the instructions that it would do a thing. Mm. And I spent like five days in a row, just like on the one problem. And by the end of it, I was like, by the end of the week, I was like, fucked. My head was <laughs> so fucked. And I went to, like, I, I went home, like, I left the office because literally my computer overheated and I had to leave it. And so I just walked home and I sat on this bench and I was like, just staring at like this puppy. Like I was so fucked. And someone on, someone started talking to me. They were like, they just started up conversation with me. I was like, so clear. <laughs> Cause I was just like staring at this puppy and the puppy would do something. And I was like, <laughs> So I, I went for a few days. I was like, yeah, that was something that happened at work. <laughs> but I did it, but I, but I completed it and I put the code on. It was, it's actually my first time I've done something that I could put a public repository on GitHub because all my GitHub repos have to be private mm. because it's all private university shit. So I, I did something and I made it and I could make a public repo and like maybe other people could use it. And I was like, yeah. What so does that it was, do? That's good. It is a dense net for it's a it's it's a neural network, the deep learning network called the dense net, but it's adapted for images and it's in PyTorch, which was not hitherto available anywhere. So yeah. Well it's a very efficient yeah. deep learning network for image segmentation. Cool. Maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. Well, because it's super weird because my my science thing this week is so similar in that I've been writing this oh. algorithm and I've just not been able to connect to it. Like, because I was starting with somebody else's code and then I was adapting that and I, there's just parts of it, you know, when you're just looking at it, you're like, why did you write it like this? Like, what is it doing? Totally. What are you doing? Yes. And I've just spent, yes. I've spent like three solid weeks now in just like this fugue state of panic and like stress of just staring at my computer and just going, why won't it? Where's the, there's like, there's a thing and then there's this thing and I just need a line between the two. How do I get the, the line? And purely 
finally two days ago and genuinely actually only because of Rob so like big old shout out to Rob who's in my group he's a final year PhD who actually just submitted the first draft of his thesis so go Rob but we were chatting and like his area of research is entirely different to mine but he was like I've done something similar and he came down and he had a look at it and he spent an hour going through everything I'd done talking through it looking at the stuff in his thesis and between all of that conversation we were able to come to an end of like okay i can now actually break it all down into it's doing x y and z for this reason and now i can actually play with it and yeah friday i can't i left i left work on friday in a similar state of just like oh my god (laughs) i actually (laughs) had on the third day the third night I had a nightmare I had like it went in my dreams where I was like playing with AI and someone was like that's too dangerous you shouldn't be playing with that and I was like what are you talking about I was like that's too dangerous you can't play with artificial intelligence you'll destroy something you'll blow up the world and I was like oh no I'm not experienced enough for this and all these people were like you're not experienced enough to play with such a dangerous tool as AI and I act. It was as if I was like, and then I accidentally like blew up and started a fire and like burned down the hospital. And I was like, no, AI, it's so dangerous. I shouldn't play with it. And then I got up and I went to work the next day. And I was like, oh yeah, it's just me, like my shitty computer in this shitty, <laughs> doing sh- shitty sh- dumb shit. It's fine. It's not. <laughs> Oh God, it's, it's the worst. When you start dreaming about it, that's when things get really like, oh no, this is not, yeah, we need we need to step away. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. so, so yeah, I think, um, I think we can, I think we can talk about the movie then. Okay, let's go. My so, notes are a mess. I just want to warn okay, you. But did you, but th- did you see lot. my breakdown? Did you look at my breakdown? Yeah, yeah, I've got it. Do you want me to pull it up? No, I was just like, you, you, are you, you're cool with me doing it kind of a, a backwards way. Yeah, whatever yeah. you want, girl. Right, cool. Okay. The core has stopped spinning. No, it's not the clickbait news from recently. It's the plot of a movie that they made 20 years ago. The core stopped spinning, and so people dropped dead. Birds went mad. Microwaves became deadly, and everyone is worried about a fictional electromagnetic field. But don't worry, we've got astronauts, a spaceship, and a big old drill. No, it's not Armageddon. It's better than that. It's the core! Frida. (laughs) Before you say anything, like not a word, I don't care what you or anyone else has to say about this. I will die on this hill. This movie is the gold standard. It is absolute perfection. It's an excellent movie. It's an excellent script. It's an excellent cast with terrible, 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 terrible science. But so much science. It is peak science at the movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, it, <laughs> it's peak. I was ready to dismiss it because I, I started watching it um, last weekend, you know, when I you know, had... And I was like, let me sit sit down i started watching it like right after the peak of my like mental inferno and i was like i'm having a chilled weekend and i sort of sat back to watch it and then i was like oh no 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 like (laughs) i was like 
Oh no no no! Well, this is good. I need to be. I need to be fucking focused for this. This is so full of shit. I mean, in a good way. So full of stuff that I had to like watch it again with full focus. It chocolate block seriously. Right. That okay. is what we. It's why we are doing this. Yes. Okay, so I have to ask the big question though. Did you enjoy the movie? Apart from like a bunch of just being incredulous and it wasn't just being incredulous at, you know, the science, it was being incredulous at the movie. Like what? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think I did. Uh, Yeah, sure. I I mean, it's crazy. It's It's crazy. crazy. It's so good. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to turn you around, right? Okay, so uh, I don't. I, I, don't it's, I, I have to actually think about that because I was just amazed at. I was amazed at how dense it was, and yes. but it also made me realize. Whenever I see a movie like this, and I'm like, they're trying so hard. I mean, they're fucking trying so hard. Um. But they're only ever going to get people that love that stuff anyway. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And then, and then I think about Independence Day and I'm like, man, it's hard to make a great movie. That It's hard. It's when a movie, yeah. like, it made me think about it, like movies that are so, so good at that, that it goes outside the genre and gets in fans into the genre because it's yeah. so good. This is like very much in its lane and it stays in its lane and it doesn't become greater than what it's trying to be. You know what I mean? This, this movie knows what it is. Like it knows exactly yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah. And it, and that's why there's certain things and we'll get into it in a minute, but it's like, yeah, there's like, it's, as you said, <laughs> it's it. not trying to be anything other than what it is and what it no. is, is just fucking glorious. <laughs> all right so, so do, do you have anything that you want to say about your initial reaction uh before before we get into it oh uh, no that was my initial reaction let's get into this then okay so <laughs> frida <Science. laughs> themes um mm. i'm not doing themes do you want to do themes no, there's no themes. It's about the it's about the core is stopped to spin and we have to fix it. Yeah, that's what that's, it's about. That's the entire thing. There's no We're hidden good. message. There's no double meaning. <laughs> Except the only unintended double meaning of yeah. penetrating the I cannot, egg with the sperm. I cannot deal with the fact that when I told you we were doing this movie that you specifically said great not phallic symbolism which was just the funniest thing I think you ever could have said at the end of Awakening. Do you remember with do you remember with Volcano when it was a bubbling up you know and they had all these women being killed in the vagina? (laughs) Specifically? Yes! Yes! We can't win. Um... So I we can come back we can come back to this later on if we do a, a bit if we've got time to do a bit of a chat afterwards. But Fight and I has just said that um there's a religious theme. I don't see it, but cool. <laughs> All right, I, I'm open to that. Yeah, we're, I actually we're open to it, but I'm very open to that. I think if yeah um yeah well I'm happy to hear that out. 
Okay, let's come back yeah, to that. Yeah, it was very saturated with science and adventure. Yeah. So it was kind of, there was a lot of noise. Yeah. We'd have to surgically extract a religious <laughs> meaning. <laughs> All right, let's get into tropes then. Uh, do, do you maybe have some tropes, Frida? Do, do you oh think you're able to find a trope? Um, I have eight. Yeah, just why don't we start? Okay. You you give me one, and then I'm sure okay. we will overlap. Okay, my my oh god, this is such a classic thing for these types of movies. You know when they come to get him from um they come to get him from from his lecture, and they pull him out, and he's like, "Where are oh, we his, going?" His and they're what? like, his "We what? don't know." From from his lecture, <laughs> from his science from his, lecture. Oh, his lecture. <laughs> Do you know that, like, I actually, I didn't even bother looking into it, but the science of what the fuck is going on in that scene is definitely wrong. With the, like, the density of the materials and the sound waves and stuff, it's it's definitely wrong. Anyway, um, but there's, when they're leaving the building, the, the federal agent, he's like, where are we going? And they're like, we don't know. Your security clearance is higher than ours. <laughs> yeah, like, I have security clearance. <laughs> he's so special. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess... I'll start with my movie lecture. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Trumpet. Limestone. He's, and he's like, watch the, watch the oscilloscope. <laughs> I, like he's trying to basically explain that materials slow down waves or they diffract or whatever it is, right? And so he has a trumpet and limestone. And <laughs> I mean, okay, but like it's not – it's blackboard. Like it's – unnecessary yeah. um showmanship in a, in a science movie lecture it was unbelievable but i like i really loved it yeah i love this idea like From in the movie bottom lectures of my heart. with this stuff they always imagine that yeah that like physics lectures <laughs> are, are always about like having bits and stuff out to show people and it's like i had one lecture ever where my lecturer actually brought in and he did the classic thing you know it was classical mechanics and he brought in the uh the sort of a a trampoline type thing like a small trampoline oh, yeah. type thing to oh. put the mass in the middle and then show like angular momentum around like this gravity well blah 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 that was it that happened in one lecture i, I we, first year physics there was a, there was like a bike thing oh no there was the spinning thing where there was a spinning yeah. disc and you put your arms out and show that it spit it up beyond first year physics is the science which doesn't have lots of stuffy thingy majiggies you know what I mean? Like there are other sciences which have a lot of stuffy things. You go into chemistry and I'm like, whoa, this actually looks like science. You guys have got like things that like spin and things that like shake and like yeah. things that ooh, you wear glasses and lab coats. I was like, no, no, we just write shit and use computers. We're the not stuffy thingy, but but I love that in movies they're like, how do we, although that's G, that's that's geosciences, which yeah. is even more mathsy than us. Honestly, they're fucking so <laughs> such maths nerds. But they're like, how how can we make this lecture? Surely they'll just bring stuff and like things and like they'll be and it's yeah. like, no. But it was, but it was excellent all about, diagrams. It, yeah, it was all about like showing the the like the stuff and it was all about you know like ooh like waves through things and how can you see at the other end? It's just it was just a, to I get set it. him up for his thing. I get that. Um, Okay, so can I give you my second one? Go on. Uh, now, so I lived in London for 10 years, right? And I've spent a lot of time in and around Trafalgar Square. And yes, there's a lot of pigeons in London. But it's never brought me to like Hitchcock level vibes. 
<laughs> like, it's like they just went birds, navigation, pigeons, London, massacre of pigeons. <laughs> like Extended bird scene. I mean, Extended how bird are there scene. that many pigeons? There's not that many pigeons in all of London, never mind in Trafalgar Square. What the fuck? It's just such a thing, isn't it? It's like pigeons, London. I know. I, that, that, and it went on for ages. It's so long. Um, so long. My next one. Bef- on. Before I say the next one, someone commented, physicists could demonstrate physics. They're just boring and want to do math. So we do demonstrate <laughs> physics. Firstly, we have some, we have this thing called a Gedanken experiment. It's called, it's a thought experiment. We, we demonstrate physics with thought <laughs> experiments, but also with our bare. I, I had a, a, an amazing professor who demonstrated, they, it's basically thought experiments. They set up something that you can think about to demonstrate a principle. Maybe, you know, he walked across the room and used his hands like this to demonstrate. And it was like the most amazing explanation for general uh, relativity or special relativity, sorry, that I ever heard in my life. And he didn't use props. Mm. He just, it was a thought experiment and he was pacing to show yeah. something. So we have a special experiment called but- <laughs> a Gedanken experiment in physics. Look it up. Well, it's real. I've, it's in, it's just in, in our heads. I feel like we should, <laughs> we like it. I feel like we should point out though, just a slight difference here because Frida's PhD was in <laughs> theoretical physics so Frida is a theoretical physicist so most of her stuff is That's... thought and computers I am an experimental physicist <laughs> so I do actually use things in the lab I do have thingy things I have lots of lasers a lot of the time but the problem is like Damn demonstrating it. physics uh, does require a lot of equipment so it's not quite so easy to do that in a classroom setting because you do actually need lots of equipment to be able to do it. And that's why people who study physics do labs because you go to labs so you can get the actual experimental we then go to the labs. Yeah. yeah. So. We do them. We do the experiments. Yeah, yeah. We do a million bajillion experiments during us. Okay. Rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. Yeah. Rabbit hole. Yeah. 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 Coming back. Um, coming back. Coming back. Okay. So can I give you my next one? Okay. We're getting into a rabbit hole. Yeah. We can't talk okay, about so this. Tropes. We are both career scientists. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, my... we don't need to prove anything. <laughs> Shh. Shh. I'm not talking to the things. Okay. okay. Give me your next uh, one. My next trope is the 3D camera going around him as he's thinking. This is when all the dead bodies are there, and oh, he's yeah. like, and 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 he and he and the camera goes yeah. around him, and he's like pacemakers yeah <laughs> that's like a very minor trope but it was really like <laughs> yeah it was a right, little next. bit of the and you've talked about it before and it's something that that i see in um crime shows because i watch a lot of crime shows as well you know it's the the moment of the aha i've got it pacemakers um okay yeah. so i want to talk science lectures again but it's his science lecture to the uh to the group now i don't want to get into it because i have a whole science section on that specific lecture but I do just want to bring up the whole, the peach and the air can. <laughs> like the silent understanding between the two scientists where they like nod yeah. at each other. Yeah. They won't yeah. get this. Yeah. Unless oh yeah, I know where you're going. Fire. Fruit. Yeah, exactly. Peach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 I picked it up. Yes. I wrote that too. Zensky's face. Ah, yes. I know where he's going with the, with the, the peach Lighter. and the can. And he was like, hmm. <laughs> They did. They didn't even need. It was so direct. They didn't even need to. They just knew. He just knew exactly, like exactly what it means when you take peach. They were both so solemn as well in how they looked at each other. It was so serious. 
I'm so glad you saw yeah. that silent understanding too. Because, yeah, in movie world, it's like, oh, you're about to take a pencil and you're going to put it in the paper. Yes, I know what this is. This could somebody, only mean one thing. Somebody, you're just, about commented, wormhole. somebody just commented saying, too bad they didn't have a wormhole pen paper hole just before you said that. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Okay. Okay. Moving yeah. on. Moving on. Moving on. What's your next one? Okay, when they're in the space, when they're in the spaceship in the beginning, yeah. the la- the thing. Mm-hmm. Although, can I just say, so nice to see them not trying to destroy shit on landing, and just yeah. like they just like bumped a bridge. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Um, no, anyway, when they're in the spaceship, and and the guy's like, come on, come on, and I just wrote like saying, come on, come on, to a spaceship. Yeah, is also a trope. <laughs> it makes it work. Uh, okay, on, my next one, on. super secret government projects that are actually the cause of the problem they're trying to solve. Come on, classic. Mm. Well, that's a real life. <laughs> well, maybe it isn't, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, we'll never know. Is it a trope? Is just, it just life? <laughs> all right, what's your next one? <laughs> well, jacks of all trades. <laughs> Although, why can she do a Windsor knot? Do you know why she? Oh she knows yeah, how to do a, a knot? woman must she tie knot for man is on my list. But the but I was I was actually thinking about this. I was like thinking a lot about this because Hillary Swank's character is our jacks of all trades, mm. right? But and then it was like you can tie a Windsor knot. And I was like, she wears a fucking tie. It's her uniform <laughs> because she wears one. It's like <laughs> wow, you can do this. Look at her. She's in one. Oh well, yeah, in I'm sorry. I, she's in the military I, I don't know what yeah i don't know what the vibe is well, in australian set but like in irish secondary schools you wear a shirt and a tie everyone does you wear a shirt you wear a tie you wear your v-neck jumper and then girls have skirts and boys have trousers so do you know it's like i know how to tie a tie i had to wear one for six years but she's literally in a tie yeah. All right, okay. Um, it's so funny. My next one. Right. It'll take 10 years to make it. You have three months. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. I've been thinking about that too. <laughs> my thing is, like, it's not always about money. Like, even though he's like, oh, $15 billion, like, sometimes processes and testing actually takes time. So, um, yeah, but it does. Oh, wait, I did say it, though. It does bring me one of my absolute favorite lines that I think is absolutely golden. Uh, it takes the line, but then takes it a little bit further. Right. So there's um, he says, like, oh, I need 15 billion dollars. And the guy says, um, will you take a check? And that's normally where it ends. But my favorite thing is Eckhart turns around and he goes, oh, but if you use a credit card, you'll get air miles. Brilliant. Yeah. It was just great. Just I've been thinking about that too because I was like, but could they? Like, how would the how would giving fifteen billion dollars work? I actually started thinking. (laughs) I know, but shut up. What's your next one? Okay, my last one is actually from Raf. Raf got on board this movie and he stayed up really late to watch it. And I was like, you want to watch this? He's like, yeah, sure. Um, Raf's Raf had some fucking zingers. By the way, when I was like, they're going into the core, he goes, well, that's surprising. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, yeah. this was his. So funny. When the when the Golden Gate Bridge, oh. that whole scene, he goes, why is it always a bridge? Yeah. 
I mean, like, is that just a, an easy way to show destruction without having to destroy a city? Or some shit like that? Well, well, firstly, it's... And I was like, well, that is what we call a film trope. Yeah. But I, it's because it's a very famous structure, so they just chose the, the Golden yeah. Gate because it's so recognisable. But yeah, I think it's iconic because... Firstly, it's not so as, you know, the bridge slowly breaks and they sort of fall slowly. It's it's always like, but they could survive. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not as destructive as an explosion or, you know, it, you they, they could survive. So it's kind of a little bit like a PG mm. way of showing a city being destroyed, okay. in my view. That's, yeah, that's People a... falling, yeah. I reckon, is very, like Disney does that. They kind of kill the bad people by falling. It's just a little bit removed from the horrors of death yeah. and destruction. Okay. That's what I think. Okay. Right. I've got two more to tips. end on, just very quickly. Okay. I've got a Deus Ex Nucuna. Oh, yeah. shit. Come yeah, on. I can't believe I left that out. <laughs> I even missed the conversation where they decided a nuclear bomb would do it. I like. <laughs> I think I like blanked on that bit. Um, and then my last one is so just funny. foreshadowing the whole bit where they're like, each damaged component degrades the entire hull so they can be ejected and it's made of six compartments. And you're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it for tropes. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> That's it for the whole episode. Thanks right. for listening. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's do this. All right, so now, I don't want to disappoint anyone, but I'm not going to get too deep on this one because there's just too much. Um, but if you do have questions, let us know. And like, we can make some more detailed, we, I'll make some more details videos, detailed videos on our show, socials. If there's specific questions that you have related to physics that I, that I don't bring up during this. Okay. Now we're going to start with, in our science section, we're going to start with the cause. And when I say the cause, we're going to talk about like the cause and symptoms of what's kind of going on with this whole core stopping spinning thing. And uh, Frida, we're going a uh, physics 101 rapid fire lightning round. True or false? Number one. The Earth has an invisible field of energy made of electricity and magnetism called the electromagnetic field. Hot metal moving fast makes an EM field. The liquid spinning fast is what drives the EM field. True or false, Frida? Is that true? False! Oh. This is the thing that annoyed the fuck so out true. of me. No, because it is. It an, feels But true. it is and it isn't. Because this is the thing that annoyed the fuck out of me about this whole movie. So once we just accept this and then move past it, we'll all be fine. But um, I don't know why they did this. Because the whole thing about Earth's magnetic field, it's not an electromagnetic field. Why hmm. did they call it an electromagnetic field? Why did they spend the whole movie saying the EM field? That's not a fucking thing. It's the magnetic field or it's the geomagnetic field. That's what it's called. Um, the whole thing, what they're trying to say and, and what is the truth is that like we know that electrical currents in motion create a magnetic field. And that's basically what's happening because the core is molten, like li the core is liquid iron, right? So it's the motion uh, and the electrical currents in the motion of the liquid iron core that generates the magnetic field or the geomagnetic field of the earth. 
so for the whole rest of the movie, we're just going to block out the fact that they say EM field because that is completely mm. incorrect. It's yeah. a magnetic field. Um, and it's very frustrating considering Keyes is a, supposed to be a geophysicist, guys. Yeah, electromagnetic. This is this is from sources of light. Well, anyways. Yeah. Well, it's fine. We'll All right. Just, next yeah, one. From now on, we'll just talk about magnetic fields and forget about that. Okay. Number two, magnetic mm-hmm. field shields us from solar winds, which are a blend of radioactive particles and microwaves. Without it, microwave radiation will cook our planet. True or false, Frida? Not microwave radiation. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why did they? But it's funny because they specifically same with EM Phil. They actually were very clear. He was like electricity, magnetism, cross electromagnetic fields. And then when they said, and then they're like, and microwaves. They like really enunciated microwaves. It's so it's so weird, right? Because so first off, microwave radiation is not affected by Earth's magnetic field, like. The most harmful radiation that's deflected by the magnetosphere is UV radiation. But secondly, microwaves do not have enough energy to boil the ocean or melt the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, And even if it was UV radiation coming through, this still wouldn't happen. The thing is that most radiation is actually blocked by our atmosphere. And if we didn't have a magnetosphere, then solar winds would eventually drive the atmosphere away, but over time. And over time, the surface temperature of the planet would increase and the oxygen in the atmosphere would decrease. But we're talking like millions of years. Um, So the idea that you could have a tear in the EM field, that a microwave then comes down like some beam of light and melts the Golden Gate Bridge is just, why did they say microwave? Like... I just don't understand it. Like, we all know. We all wear suntan lotion. We all know that UV radiation is the dangerous thing. Why do they say microwaves? That's electromagnetic radiation. (laughs) Right? That's so funny. Remember the microwaves exploding the ice from spectrum? Oh, yes. (laughs) It's funny. We have a hole in the ozone like, layer. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing. We ha- there is a hole in the ozone layer, and and we're okay. Do you know it's not? Well, there's a lot of UV damage. Yes, exactly. And cancer. Yes, but like that—that's what would happen. It, it's not that the surface starts mm. like you know melting or the ocean starts boiling. Yeah, it's it's the so it's the particles in the atmosphere that are actually the what deflects the solar solar flares and whatnot. But I like, yeah, I do love the scene where, where they were like, terror detected. They're like, oh no. And then they're like, yeah. oh my God. Terror detected. And microwaves, who, which are one of the low energy um, parts of the electromagnetic spectrum, are somehow able to completely penetrate the atmosphere at an intensity high enough to boil the ocean. Like, it's just. Oh, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. It's, it's actual microwaves. It's because we have microwaves. Ovens. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Because of our microwaves, yeah. ovens. It's 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 that for sure. Because people are like, whoa, I wouldn't want to be in a microwave. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I did that's the thing and I and I think so. I did somebody asked me about this before and I did a post about how microwave ovens work god I wish I could remember it now uh, but it's specifically to do with the way that water absorbs microwaves so the thing is that like atoms absorb different wavelengths from the EM spectrum and it just happens that water can absorb uh, microwaves so you can heat up water using microwaves that's true but like not um, not to that level you know that's insane. Anywho, moving on. Number three. The core is the size of Mars. It'd be like trying to jumpstart a planet. True or false? Is it the size of Mars? Yes. How big is Mars? It really is the it size is. of it's Mars? It is, it's true. I've got literally nothing to say oh. about this. I just wanted to give props for a tiny bit of accuracy. That's crazy. So yeah, our core is about the size of Mars. Cool. Yeah. All right, number four. In three months, all electronics will be fried, and in one year, the magnetic field will be gone, and the Earth will burn. True or false? Well, I think you've just said it would take a million years or something. <laughs> like, that's the thing. So, like, it's um, basically, if you could cause the core to stop spinning... Uh, so that we didn't have an elect uh, so that we didn't have a magnetic field uh, this would mean that there'd be nothing to stop the solar winds from stripping away the ozone layer over time and it is true that satellites and power grids would be damaged and there'd be an increased uv radiation that would be dangerous from the outset but it would take a lot longer than a year to burn the planet like a peach on fire yeah a very 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 long time It's kind of upsetting because they said it with so much conviction. They were like, this is the only, this is, this is it. There is no, like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, for the Stanley sake of the Tucci movie, agrees. just ignoring there's an atmosphere. <laughs> Stanley Tucci agrees. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 like, we'll be like this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next up, number five. Lots of people drop dead because of their pacemakers. True or false? If the if the the core stopped spinning, and the magnetic fields disappeared, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so no, that's the thing, right? So the pacemakers. Okay, this is, I went a little bit. Whoa. Am I? Um, is that yep for me, or yep is that for you. yep for the movie? No, yep for you. <gasps> yeah, oh, no, okay. No, no, that's okay. okay. So the, okay. there's two ways. Fine. There's two ways to look at this, right? So number one is just like yeah. me, me going a little bit like. Because that opening scene where the guy in the meeting, the presentation, falls on the table and then there's everyone outside made me go, okay, like how many people have pacemakers, right? Let's, let's, let's think about this logically. So I found a resource that was actually printed in 2003, which was when this movie was made, that estimated that about 3 million people worldwide at that time would have had a pacemaker. And the world population in 2003 was 6.389 billion. So that's an average of one in 2,129 people with a pacemaker. That opening scene, what a wild coincidence it is that so many people in the same 10 block radius had pacemakers. <laughs> like there wasn't yeah. even 2,000 people in that whole freaking scene. I tried to count them, but I got bored really quickly. But like there's multiple people It was an extended scene yeah. of many people dying. Yeah, yeah like so, it was an extended scene of loads of people dying and all the people lived in the same There was blocks. at least three car crashes in that one scene. 
There was a cloud yeah, that it fell was off a, a lot of people around. dying. And a lot of younger people, um, maybe that area, like the council was giving rebates for pacemaker operations. Maybe there's a pacemaker hospital nearby where people just go for checkups and they're all people that had just left. It's the pacemaker capital of America. All right. Okay, but but seriously, so if we if we talk about pacemakers, so there's there's two ways to look at this, right? Because pacemakers work by using electrical impulses, and what happens is the wires have electrodes that connect to the heart and deliver an electric signal when the pacemaker detects that the heart has slowed or missed a beat. Um, magnetic fields can affect pacemakers. Uh, like for me, I mean, in in my lab, in where where my uh, where my lab is, my office is in the building. Like we've got signs up everywhere because there's a lot of magnetic field labs. Um, around us uh, so just warning people with pacemakers to be careful and stuff because um, the uh, the magnetic field to affect a pacemaker needs to be on the order of one millitesla which is so that's like larger than 10 gauss now earth's magnetic field is on the order of 0.25 to 0.65 gauss so that's why it doesn't affect the behavior of pacemakers just on a normal day because it's like for the pacemakers to be affected, the magnetic field would actually have to increase in that specific 10 block region by 25 times the normal size for that to happen. So it can't be happening because of the magnetic field. But I did find something that suggested that um, the lack of the magnetic field would allow more microwaves through, which is what they're saying in the movie. And apparently there's a really old pacemaker model that used microwave signals to control it. So I guess maybe what they're actually trying to say is that if you lost the magnetic field, had more microwaves coming through, then it would interfere with the pacemakers um, and then they all die. But we know that that wouldn't happen because the atmosphere would block the microwaves and there's no way that many people had a pacemaker in that region of space. And yet it was so obvious that Aaron Eckhart was like, pacemakers that's amazing you know that's shit because because that's that's the thing that's so annoying about this movie is that it says a lot of a lot of bullshit with a lot of conviction and then it says all this stuff with so much conviction i'm like are we allowed to do that (laughs) is that uh, is that okay just say whatever you want even though it's not even true, but with so much conviction. And then you say, just follow us, guys. Like, just follow the movie. It'll all come together in the end. <laughs> Makes me kind of angry. I know, but like, it's, you know, it's like, like I said, it's, it's, it, it's peak science of the movies. <laughs> all right. So number, number six, job. number six is the retelling of Hitchcock's The Birds. Um, there, there's a moment then when a grad student says uh, ions oh, yeah. in a bird's brain align with Earth's magnetic field. Messing with this will send them crazy and make them attack kids, apparently. Uh, true or false? <laughs> false. Like their geonavigational system is all off. Yeah. But we don't know. Do we know that about birds? Like no. We know how they. That's exactly it. Right? We don't know how they do it. We don't yeah. know. Um it's true Unless that they use discoveries. like we know that they use the magnetic field for navigation, but uh, there's a lot like even when I was trying to look at the answer for this, there's so much current research still suggesting um, 
methods or ways that it might be interacting with the magnet or, or finding its navigation through the magnetic field. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, we don't know why or how exactly it works. So saying ions in a bird's brain aligns with the magnetic field is super random to just decide that. <laughs> why? Mm. <laughs> sure. Birds go back to exactly where they were born. Yeah. So does salmon. Oh my god, I was watching a QI episode about that last night, about how salmon and how, how amazing it is that salmon actually know how to get all that distance back to just to breed. They go to that specific place to breed. The fact that they actually know how to get there is just wild. It's wild. The, there's something else I want to talk about the birds because not knowing how, how they actually use the magnetic field to navigate, that that's one thing, fine. But the idea that because they can't navigate, it makes them go aggressive, crazy, and suddenly, like, they're all just <laughs> flying into windows and dropping dead. Like, what? Yeah. What is, what is another... happening? Like, why would, why would a lot of their, like, why, why, just why would losing their internal compass cause birdageddon? Like, I just don't get it. Like, what the fuck? Well, well... First of all, the beginning of this movie was these two extended, unnecessary sequences, which we didn't need at all. But it was, but the birds were like, rah, rah, rah. it was crazy. And this kid is like terrified. In my Can view, you, sorry. that kid was crying for real because the way that that was, that was really happening. Yes. I reckon those were real puppet things. They were just chucking birds at this kid. And this kid was fucking terrified because the way that kid was crying by the end of the scene was so real to me. <laughs> I was like, what did they do to the kid? They were just chucking was, birds at the glass. I, I was um I was just thinking that it's um it's crazy. What oh my god, what, what was I thinking? Oh yeah, I was just thinking about like how much therapy that kid like what that kid's therapy bill was. Did the movie have to have to pay for that kid's therapy bill after the fact? That it's kid so was bad. Um I just want to mention someone said in my in my chat, um Jaya said it was anti bird propaganda and I can't remember what I think it was a mini series that we talked about the, the birds aren't real thing. <laughs> birds aren't real yeah. it was flat earthers was that the one where i talked about the birds aren't real um uh movement which is so hilarious sorry yeah go back to go back to our documentaries mini series oh, and yeah. find birds aren't real chat that was really good simon simon knows what we're anti-bird talking about. propaganda um yeah all right okay so number seven blowing up the coliseum using lightning true or false that was their white house bit thing um <laughs> I, I just, I would say it's false, and that scene, I'm sorry, I have something written about that scene, just give me a second here. First of all, the fact that they needed a hacker to see the weather in Rome, but you know, they're like, the weather in Rome, the hacker was like, let me get that information up, what's the weather? What? And also, but also these like crazy Italians yelling, these Romans being like, ah! like it's just berserk. But this, like, like, this is go why, to Italy. this is moments where I think like it's the movies just knows what it is and it's not taking itself too seriously because like literally Rome on fire. It's all I, I immediately as I saw that I was just thinking Nero and I was like, oh, yeah, remember when Nero set Rome on fire? It's like, sure. <laughs> but also they're having espresso. They're like, oh, my espresso. <laughs> my God. Oh, oh, what you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Coliseum is going to blow up. But it was so hilarious. And of course, the Coliseum. Um, okay, so, like... so 
I right false. Don't. Mm? <laughs> I am saying somewhat true on this. Okay, I know you're looking. I know sure. you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay, so it's right. Pretty the crumbly. thing is. Okay, the thing is that lightning actually does have so much force that it can cause a shockwave that can destroy stone, brick, and concrete. And the vibrations actually ruin the mortar so that stone and brick are prone to shockwaves. Um, so that okay. if you did actually hit it with a lightning bolt, there is enough force to cause the the stone or the brick to explode. And because the Colosseum is, is mostly stone... And because it's a super storm of multiple, multiple lightning uh, waves. But at the same time, I also still did laugh so hard at that scene. Because it looks so ridiculous. It, it, <laughs> it just looks so it, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so stupid. Yeah. I, I actually had to look up, as this before or after Independence Day? Like, you know, the the fact that Independence Day had the White House thing. Mm. So this movie was like, oh, we, we got to do... Two of them, the Colosseum and the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, you can't have a disaster movie without blowing up a recognisable thing. You've got to melt the Golden Gate Bridge. You've got to blow up the Colosseum with lightning. And then you've got to destroy London with crazy dead pigeons. Classic. Let's do a lightning movie. Okay. Benjamin Button. Okay, cool. (laughs) You can do that one. So we're done with our Physics 101 round. And we what's are, next, we are. What's next is the scientists. Oh, hey. oh my god! All right, there okay. So, so let's talk about our Terranauts. I've decided they could be a band, and the band's name is Virgil and the Terranauts. I think that's rather excellent. So, individual scientists. Keys, played by Aaron Eckhart. He is a geophysicist, a professor, and a government consultant. What he consults on, who freaking knows? But he's there for navigation. Something to do with using sound waves to measure the density of materials. Um, But then he uses MRI cameras. I don't know. Cool. We'll get to that in a minute. How do we feel about keys? (laughs) He was fine. There was nothing wrong there. He did it. He was a professor. He wasn't overly sloppy. You know, he was fine. I loved him. I thought he was so nerdy in a great way. I thought he was. He's one of my favorite scientists so far. Yeah, he just felt like fine. He's normal. Like he wasn't over. Yeah, yeah, normal. Yeah. The hair, Jesus, that guy's hair though. <laughs> Leave him alone. That's fine. I didn't like. I his... love Aaron Eckhart. Okay, so do you have any any comment on him? I like that he's the one who's emotional and not her. I like the way they play. Yeah. That. He is a really good actor, and honestly, his grief was very real it was really good those couple scenes he had um he was great yeah i know she was struggling with it like she just was she had a different well it just showed the different thing going on it showed the difference in their training it showed about how like you know she she's trained Mm -hmm. to be an astronaut she's trained to keep these things in check and he's not trained to do this stuff and and i like that they uh that they showed that contrast in how they each dealt with with it um, okay, so let's move into Zimski. Yeah, but she also had something to prove. Yeah, that's true. She, she had something to prove. They set up that there was like, I don't think you're so ambitious and you're so used to everything going amazing that I don't think you'll be able to accept a disaster. I was like, that's a pretty 
subtle point. Mm. I, I think that's a great point. And so therefore she had that to prove. It wasn't yeah. that she wasn't emotional. It was that she is so such a perfectionist that she also has to prove that she can make a tough decision. Okay. It's a um, pretty good conflict, I feel like they set up. Yeah. Next. Uh, okay, so Zimski, played by Stanley Tucci. He's an Earth specialist and designer wow. of Project Destiny. Um, uh, can I just so uh, can I just read you the three things I wrote down about Zimski before we talk about him? Uh, there's yeah. the uh, the moment where he says one of our first scenes with him, and he says, "Why don't you begin and I'll fill in the difficult bits." And then we have him with his dictaphone dramatic voice and Carl Sagan turtlenecks. And then I just went, Zimsky is the reason people hate scientists. Wow. Um, yeah, he sucked, like, as a person. Um, but, but Stanley Tucci did it so well. Oh, he's like, so his good. smugness, it wasn't too much. It was just enough yeah. because it made him like real. And honestly, um, I was like uncomfortable because I'm like, mm, maybe I'm a little bit like that sometimes and therefore like detestable. Yeah. Um, just being like, before we even get started, like you're not on my level. Like don't even try, like yeah. in terms of like, you won't outspeak me um, and I'd, don't even need to open my mouth. I just give you this look. And um, it was, a, yeah, it's nauseating. And But he did it so well. And I loved his turtlenecks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I loved his look so much. He looked really, really, really good. He was such a dickhead. And he was yeah. kind of, it was great it in was, his dickheadedness. It was so, per it was perfectly done in, in the way that he was supposed, it was so obvious that he was trying to be Carl Sagan. Like his character Zimski just wanted <laughs> to be Carl Sagan. You know, everything with the dictaphone, with the voice, with the look, it all but he just doesn't have the ease of intelligence that Carl Sagan has. His character instead has that um, that uh, ego. And it's so obvious the whole way through. It's the ego, not the intelligence that's driving it. It's only towards the end we get to see the intelligence break through and the ego gets kind of dropped. Um, it's what I love about He's it. He's pretentious. Yeah, pretentious. That's, he yeah. is pretentious, whereas Carl Sagan less so i think as soon as he's trying to emulate somebody else he's immediately not going to be genuine and yeah. he's so pretentious um okay shall we move on next up braz played by delroy lindo uh so he seems to be some sort of material scientist and he designs the ship and ultrasonic lasers um uh, I love I love when we meet him at the start and one of his lines that the back and forth we'll talk about that in a minute but the back and forth with him and Zimski and one of his lines saying I don't remember a check for any of the patents loved it it's great how'd you feel about Braz yeah I really liked him he was really likable the whole time yeah and I enjoyed him he was nerdy but again wasn't over the top and I love I like the way that he, the the straw drawing scene when he's like if this ship is blah 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 then like i'm i'm gonna go out with her yes it's my ship so that's one of my favorite scenes because i feel like it's not it's not over the top you know and normally in those scenes no. they make them big and emotional but it was so just calm and quiet and just like listen i just i felt that about all of them i none of them were too much in the character that they were playing i really enjoyed it yeah yeah it's true 
Um, so, and then Serge. I, I don't, I'm going to butcher his name. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay, so it's Serge played by Checky Cario, who's a nuclear weapons specialist. Um, I wrote down as I watched the movie, I love Serge. I love Serge so much. Serge is so wholesome and pure. I love Serge. Serge is great, um, but my notes. What? May I? May I? Go on. Sorry. My notebooks. Sorry. Okay. This is maybe before they saw the little girl pictures, but it's just like, there's no manual. Like we didn't write a manual for any of this. It's just my shitty notebook. No, my shitty notebook. My notes. You have to learn how to do it because we didn't write a manual. Remember Dr. Strangelove? Remember the manual? Remember that manual? That's what a manual would be like in a situation like this. But no, in this movie, it's his fucking... It's why It's this. It's as if this is my that notebook. It's as if you're like... Quick. There's no okay, other okay, way. Okay, it's just okay. me... But, so but that's a that no, but that's a movie absurd. thing. That's a movie thing. And it that's was a science purple. thing. This is not a surge thing. You leave surge the fuck alone. <laughs> this is not Surge's fault. I'm just saying. But it's not his fault. I was. I was in pieces. <laughs> and Raffle's like, "What? What are you laughing?" I was like, "Don't worry about it." All right. Okay. That notebook is incoherent. Okay, but okay, taking but I love away to, the notebook, it. please. Can we talk about the actual <laughs> fucking scientist? <laughs> he was great. He was not if he was. There was nothing like he was just a great guy. And I don't want to talk about the relationship yet because. Yeah, but it seems before the movie starts, they have a very good yeah. academic relationship, and he seemed like a great guy. And there was not anything that he said that was like too over the top or you know he's like here's the the evil french comp- competition it wasn't anything like that which it could have been it could have oh, yeah, been like my french lovely, competition or like he was, a he was just a guy. lovely guy lovely guy yeah. um yeah so we'll talk about that now in a second but so before we talk about their relationships with each other wait there's another funny oh, thing on. wait wait okay sorry when they're going in when they get their clearance and they're like um Hey, the military has just picked us up. Maybe he's in the middle of the night because he's from France and taken us here. And we're like, we've no idea what the fuck's going on. And they go down the corridor and he's like, so when are you going to meet a nice girl and bring her over for dinner? Like in the (laughs) middle of all of that. Yeah, but they're catching up with each other. They're both consultants for the government. They're like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. When are you going to meet somebody? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was funny. All right, yeah, go on. All right, okay, so I want to have a quick, just a a quick run through of other characters or cast that you want to talk about because we have to talk about Rat, played by DJ Qualls, the best computer hacker in the world. Um, The thing is, I like DJ Qualls. I like when he turns up and stuff, but there's that scene that, oh, how many languages do you speak? I speak one. Zero, one, zero, one, zero, one. Hack the planet! 
he grabs the phone. Hack the <laughs> you have free long distance on that beep phone boop, now. Beep forever. Now, the thing is, I this whole scene was so cringy, but then also I was thinking about it. It was like 2003. If someone managed to do that to your phone to give you free long distance forever 20 years ago, you'd be impressed. Like, you would. You'd be impressed. Yeah. But also the music that started playing. That I was like, was that my music? My hacker music? Hacker music. They must have stolen my hacker music. <laughs> yeah, like... Da, 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 da. And also the camera cuts. He was like... So, we're suddenly we're in a totally different movie. It was... Hacker. So, oh, weren't they self-conscious at all of that? No, like, I don't they're not self-conscious about anything uh, in this movie. They're not, not in at this all. movie. Um, I, so do you, have, do you have anything that you want to say about Qualls or Rat? Anything else? He was just yeah. classic. Yeah. What else can I say? 100% yeah. classic movie hacker. Um, okay, what about Beck, played by Hilary Swank, our NASA pilot, who is a world-class navigator? That's why she's here. Um... She was the only one who was a little hokey, in my, my view. Like, oh. she was the only one that I was like, yeah, calm down. <laughs> a tad. <laughs> but I loved her as well. But with her, like, I'm from the military, therefore I'm a robot and, like... Right. But but she was the only one in terms of her performance that I was just like, uh, pull back a little bit. But otherwise, fine. What do you think about her? I really liked her, yeah. And I, I think that I think mm. that she did portray that whole like she has to prove herself and particularly as she's a woman in a movie with like all these men, you know, and it's like yeah. it's kinda almost like emblematic of what her pilot life would be like. That she's constantly having to prove herself as a woman and constantly having to not be emotional about her decisions because she's a woman and all those kinds of things. So I feel like her character kind of showed hints of that all the way through. So I was really into it. Yeah, mm. I thought she was great. I really enjoyed her. Like I said, yeah. I enjoyed that she was the strength and he was the emotional one. And I just, I liked that flip. I liked that. They didn't, like in Spectral, they did it the other way around. Remember in Spectral, they had like, he's the fucking lab monkey and she's the CIA agent. But for some reason in Spectral, he's the one out there on the field running around being the action hero and she's minding the children it's like what at least this one they allowed them to be in their roles with the training that they would have had to deal with these situations and be more realistic okay i know the movie isn't realistic anyway but this is i think i have a good example of what i'm talking about like that with her character they were trying to show about her and so they gave the example of her like fixing his machine which is really not likely that she would actually be able to know how to just fix his machine. But like, she's so amazing that it's like those scenes in movies when someone's doing a crossword and a character's like five down, it's this answer and like walks away. And then you're like, Ooh, that person's so cool. And they're so smart, like impossible things like that in movies. So I feel like with her character that was trying to like do these little things that you were like, wow, she's so amazing. But they, it, although the film isn't super believable, (laughs) but still, how would she be able to just fix his fucking machine up just by like touching it? And also she kept touching things and he was like, stop touching things. And she was like, wait, wait, wait. Like, but I I was like, I kind of feel her because she's like, bitch, please. I'm running like this. Stop. Okay. (laughs) She's touching things. And he's like, "Eh." I kind of like that because I was on her side, but I was uncomfortable because she was touching things, but she just fixed it like that. I was like, come on. That makes no sense. Other than that, no comment. Great character. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to move on. I want to move on to Bob, played by a Gru- Bruce. What? 
Bob, played by Bruce Greenwood, who is a bit of a James Redhorn, I think, or NASA commander. He's just this guy who every time I see him, I'm like, I know that guy. And then I look up the cast and I go, how did I not know what his name was? Like, I never know his name. I always yeah. have to look it up and go, oh, Bruce Greenwood. Wasn't he in Spectral, I love that actually? actor. I think so. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy in Spectral. He's in Ma- Mal's Last Dancer. He's so good in that um, as the head of the director of the ballet company. Yeah. Um, he's got one, just a great face. And yeah. Something about his face is just good, open. Um, he doesn't do a whole lot. Like her, his role is super to prop her yeah. up, in my view. Yeah. Which it does a very. She, he really is there to like give, put her in the position to really yeah. like take command of the ship. So he does that. So he's he's got he's got that good vibe about him that actor where he kind of is a good side character yeah. he doesn't he he can prop up the main characters but not take up too much space and that was like super his job here he's a great he's up. a great actor for the roles where he plays the commander but not the harsh controlling one not the mm. arrogant one he's a good one that always that plays that role where it's um it's to facilitate others or to support others you know totally. as a commander kind of yeah thing. he always seems to end up in those kind of roles is pretty cool okay that's totally what he does in mal's last dancer by the way that's totally what he's what he is too he's kind of like he's like a top guy but he's not like the top guy and he's like the good one and he just like prop up props up the main guy so is there anything is there anything that you want to pick out about how they interacted with each other um in terms of their relationships no okay i have just one of my favorite lines and it was uh the way that Braz and Zimsky bickered with each other, but at the same time, you saw from that scene with the pulling of the straw that even though we know Zimsky's an ass, he was the one who pulled Braz back and going, no, wait a minute. I don't believe this. I don't believe that you actually just, you know, he still wanted to do the drawing of the straws fairly, you know? And I thought that was a really nice moment for his character that it wasn't he was just relieved and cowardly about it. He was like, no, we've been bickering for years, but you are still somebody I care about. And that was quite sweet. But they had a great moment together early on where um, Bob is asking, have you ever seen anything like this before? And Zimsky starts fluffing. Oh, well, the mantle is like a variety of elements. It's a, it's a veritable hodgepodge. And Braz just comes up behind him and goes, say it with me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was the best line in any movie that we have done in terms of scientists and a lot of scientists need to learn how to say this. It was excellent. Yeah. Veritable hodgepodge. (laughs) Totally. I liked it as well. Okay. All right. So that's it for our cast and characters. Let's talk about the ship. Now, I've just got a few points to bring up just to just to kind of talk a little bit about about what the ship is and how how they're saying it's working. Now, the first thing is just to say that it's powered by a small experimental nuclear reactor, uh, which I'm fine with. Like, there's no reason to not think that that wouldn't be possible in the future. Didn't they say the same thing about the ships in Battleship? I don't fucking remember. (laughs) She blocked that one from her mind as soon as she finished recording it. No, the (laughs) details really escaped me. (laughs) All right. Okay. So let's talk about the shell that this ship has because his science speak is um, it's combined crystals in tungsten titanium matrix at super cool temperatures. 
Uh, it takes heat and pressure and transforms to energy, which reinforces the shell. The hotter and deeper she gets, the stronger she gets. Now, there's no fucking logic to this language here, right? <laughs> like, okay. something I did find interesting. I, so I tried to find something to do with a material that would have properties like this, and I found nothing. But I did find a research paper from like 2018, 2019 by um, uh, Takeyuki Nonoyama, uh, that demonstrated a hydrogel that's stronger when it's heated. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, they they call it unobtainium in the movie. And unobtainium is, of course, complete and total science fiction. But it's a real word. Okay? So there is a backstory with unobtainium in science fiction and a reason why people use unobtainium as the term. So it's a joke. Basically, it's an in-joke for engineers and physicists. Uh, it first appeared in 1958 in the US Air Force's Air University Glossary of Aerospace Terms. And this is how they define unobtainium. A substance having the exact high test properties required for a piece of hardware or other item of use, but not obtainable, whether because it theoretically cannot exist or because technology is insufficiently advanced to produce it. Now, since then, since 1958, when it appeared in that glossary, it's appeared in a number of different science fiction books, this movie, and of course, in Avatar. Uh, using that specific term is a movie or a science fiction writer's way of acknowledging a total lack of realism in the material. And it tells us that the whole movie is not taking itself seriously because it's just an indicator that they were trying... They're not trying to suggest that there could be or would be a material like this. It's just that it was specifically needed for the story. And so by saying that it's unobtainium, you're basically saying this is not real science, but we need this in order for the story to work. And that's it. And it's so, yeah, so unobtainium, while it sounds completely stupid, is just a science fiction in-joke. Love it. I like, yeah, you. Do, I like the way you explained that. It's just basically indicating to the audience, it's a thing. We don't care. Yeah. It's um to borrow. It's um, <clears throat> hang on a minute. <laughs> As opposed to hand wavium, it's balonium. Yeah. There's balonium and there's hand wavium. <laughs> hand wavium is a hodge veritable hodgepodge of uh, <laughs> and they're like it's balonium because we need to accomplish that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's from the that's, that's better from the than hand wavium. That's from our James Cameron side. <laughs> History of science fiction miniseries. I um, love that I'm point. Listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, yeah. do you have anything that you want? Anything else you want to say about that before we move into the next part? Nope. Okay. So next up, let's talk about the drill, because this is how they're able to break through the Earth's mantle. <laughs> Her face. Uh, so what they say is it's using high-frequency pulse lasers with resonance tube ultrasonics. Uh, he basically says it's like an ultrasonic wave breaking up a kidney stone. Now, this is a thing, okay? Laser ultrasonics is a thing. Using lasers to generate and detect ultrasonic waves. And then it's used to measure... Normally, that's used to measure a material's thickness, detect flaws, carry out material's characterizations. The kidney stone thing is something that is called lithotripsy. And it's... Ha so basically, it's when they send focused ultrasonic energy or shock waves so that a larger stone gets broken up into smaller ones. Now, there's also a tool that's called an ultrasonic drill, and this uses vibrations to hammer its bit through materials. So, like, I don't think any of these things are going to blow a hole through the Earth's mantle, 
but I'm more okay with this than I was when I watched the movie. Hey, remember in um, Face Off when they were doing surgery and they were using lasers? Yeah. Is it a bit like that? Because, yeah. <laughs> like, in the movie they say uh, sorry. that the laser melts the stone and then the waves break it up. So, like, the thing yeah. is, it's not entirely mad, but the size of it and everything is definitely mad. Well, that's, that's a classic science movie thing where it's like, eh, technically, but not on the scale, not at the size. Um, just the way that you said hammer the drill into yeah. it is, was just like very suggestive <laughs> and I felt very uncomfortable. It's so of course, thing. I have to bring us back to it. Um, but, but just the fact that you've like, so there's a material and it means they can be in the core. Great. And they're like blubbering around through the Earth's core and... Like, there's a point where they stop and then they're, like, back in the core. They're like, thank God we're back in the core <laughs> where we belong. And then you realize what the movie is making us believe it's doing. And you're like, what? They're, like, in the magma. Magma. And they have this laser and it's shooting its way through the magma. And you're like, why am I watching this? What the fuck is this? It's so nuts. It's totally nuts. It's totally nuts. But so cool. But yeah, it's cool. But you're like, it's nuts. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, like, um, I hope they get there. Yeah. I'm like kind of rooting for them. All right. Okay, so the, the last point that I want to bring Thanks. up about the ship itself is the navigation by MRI cameras. Now, I did have a question about why MRI, but okay. The thing is... Um, if you think about imaging where you're navigating based on density and like, sure, CT or MRI would help you measure the density of the regions. Now, I was curious about it because MRI is specifically useful for soft tissue, not rock. But I was wondering why they didn't use something like ground penetrating radar. When I looked into it, it turns out that ground penetrating radar cannot penetrate metals because they act as a 100% reflector for the radio waves. So it seems that this might be why they were using MRI. Um, and I did I did find some research papers of people using both MRI scan, both MRI with uh, ground penetrating radar to look into, um, I think looking at the, the crust of the earth or something like that. Uh, so yeah, so it's not completely mad, but obviously it's some sort of futuristic version of MRI that can see through lead completely and be carried on a ship and is is a magic viewer your face yeah i mean when metal pops up in mri it's basically no signal like as in as in look can i just admit something on this podcast okay so um i didn't do any medical imaging in my studies yeah i did all theoretical physics right and then before i knew it i was in medical imaging without having done any radiography radiology training but I was with x-ray, so I was like, it's fine. And then all of a sudden I was thrown into MRI. At no point did I have I stopped and been like, let me just get on top of this science. <laughs> I just haven't had the fucking time. I'm just like, I'll pick it up like I do everything as I go. And I'm like, I, 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 I think I get it. I think I get it. But anyway, I just want to say okay. that to That's whatever. Okay. But anyway, um, whenever there's metal... There's no signal. 
And whenever there's blood, there's metal in the blood, there's a signal drop with the MRIs. That's from my point yeah. of view. So I don't know how good it would be at imaging metal. I feel like it's kind of a problem. But anyway, yeah. all good. We can um, – I don't have anything more to add up than that. But but can I, I just say something? Yeah, there's an it's, it, it's, this, sh- this fucking killed me because – when he was building the imager and he was like, it's kind of like a CAT scan at a hospital on steroids. And then he was like, it's an MRI. And I'm like, they know those things are different, right? I don't think they do. That's one. So I was like, it's... I don't think they do. So I think they just think, you know, CAT scanner is one thing and then an MRI tomography. is... A, a, and so they see like an MRI as a next, next up or something. But it's like... Uh, yeah what <laughs> so i don't so it's cat's temper yeah, yeah i i'm going to look into mri a bit more uh yeah i need not, to as well let's do it yeah together. not yeah maybe maybe we can find a movie or something because basically so what's happened is because i've been talking about quantum mechanics on my page and stuff and people have been getting i get really shitty comments sometimes about quantum mechanics and particle physics where people are just like oh it's useless like it's just useless it has no practical applications and i'm like guys quantum mechanics has so many practical applications but i understand how you won't see them and one of the practical applications is mri so um it's on my list of technologies to look into to explain so i was like yeah that'd be cool um okay so let's move from the ship to the journey okay we good we all okay are we Mm -hmm. all here we all ready to take a journey to the core of the earth now (laughs) <laughs> they kick off from the Mariana Trench, which, Frida, do you remember the Meg? Yeah, I remember the Meg. I feel like it was the same shot. I quite literally thought it was the same shot. The way, the way. Dude, I've all... been like, <laughs> it's not only have we, we've been re- visiting James Cameron with our mini, yeah. we're back in the Mariana Trench, we're back with fake whales. Yeah. I really feel like I'm home. I really feel yeah. like I'm at home. Except, do you know when the whales popped up, Raph said, hmm, those aren't whales. <gasps> Technically, uh, they're dolphins. No. At the end. Oh, my God. Orca whales. Okay. Orcas. They're not whales. They're in the dolphin family. Hey. So another see, zinger he from Raph. Yeah, see, he knows all I about d- the animals. That's the thing. <laughs> um, can't slip one by Raph. But yeah, I, Mariana Trench, yeah. I was, I felt back at home, really. <laughs> so did I. I was like, hey, we've seen, but, wait, we've seen I that love, shot before. I love that they... I love that they didn't go, where's a good place? Let's go to the Mariana Trench. Next minute, we're in the Mariana <laughs> Trench. And it's only when they're down there, someone's like, hey, I liked your idea of like going down the Mariana Trench. <laughs> yeah. they, they don't have a conversation about it. Someone was like, great idea. I hope it works. <laughs> I was like, me too. It was just, yeah, they just did it. They and did. I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Um, it makes sense to me. Okay, so... So yeah, so it does make sense. It does make sense to go from the Mariana Trench. And we know that from the Meg because we learned all about it in that. So if you want to know more about the Mariana Trench, go and listen to our episode on the Meg. Now, uh, 15 minutes to get through the crust is what they say. Then 24 hours to get through the mantle. Then 15 hours to the inner outer core border. And it wouldn't be a disaster movie, Frida, without some challenges along the way. So shall we talk about the challenges that they meet on their journey to the core? 
Yes, so many questions. Challenge number one, underwater earthquake. Now I see no problems here. They get through it and they activate. Breda, I, I said it to you and then I forgot to follow up with you. Anagrams, I've got two for you. I made them for you special. Go. My first one is a uh, sud. That's what I've called it. They activate their sud, which is their uh, super duper drill. Do you like it? Oh, just sud. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my next, my my other one is um, they activate their deflator. Which is their destiny-defying laser ultrasonic drill. Deflator. Deflator. Yeah, with some capitalization like sort of in weird places. Yeah. yeah. Like all right. Okay, so yeah. So that, that's all I've got to say about the underwater earthquake. I just did like this. I didn't see any point in getting into that really that much. It was like, just fine, whatever. Um, do you have anything you want to say about that one? I have one, one? comment. Yeah, one? yeah, when they're diving, mm -hmm. Bruce Greenwood's taking them down vertical like 180 degrees and he goes leveling out <laughs> by the way this reminds me of matthew mcconaughey in interstellar <laughs> level <it> out. <laughs> felt real then yeah here i can't see the leveling what's leveling, leveling you still have to dive for many miles yeah. why are they leveling how are they leveling out if they're diving there was a lot of things in this movie where they just yelled things out because that's what you yell out when you're in a spaceship without any context. <laughs> and another one was, all right, guys, fasten your seatbelts. Like, fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> it's a little late to tell them what to fasten their seatbelts. What are you talking about? But they, yeah, that, that that's my comment about diving okay. in the trench. It's like they kind of, I'm just dropping like they my did comments everything. Soon. It was it was basically like an inverted rocket launch, you know? That's what it was. It was like they're like, we're not going to space, but we're gonna do everything as if we're going to space because we don't know how to make a movie that's not in space. Pretty much. <laughs> um, and and they're like, We're astronauts, we have to yell these all yeah. these things out, even if there's <laughs> even if it's not relevant. Otherwise I don't really feel like I'm doing my job. <laughs> all right, okay, so challenge number two. Finding mm -hmm. empty space. Let's just have a moment of silence for the graphics at this point, Frida. <laughs> the entire graphics of the movie oh from the moment they actually go into the core. Anyway. I didn't um, try. Okay, I can say with fairly absolute certainty that there is no empty space in the Earth's mantle. Like... <laughs> Well, what if there was a geode? <laughs> we'll get to the geode. Geode is next, right? Can, can you just like <laughs> basically as you move more? I thought that we. I thought that's no, what yeah, it was. But as you move, I thought that's that, what it. Let me speak. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what if there's a geode? Okay, so the thing is basically right. As you move more and more to the center, the density of rock increases, and so does the pressure. Uh, so in the mantle, the pressure would feel like 3.5 million times the pressure on the surface of the planet. So there's absolutely no way that there are large empty caverns of space. Now, the miraculous cavity that they do find, and as you said, they say it's a geode. Geode! And if nobody is fucking got Sheldon Cooper vibrating in their brain at that stage, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, so a geode forms in a cavity that's true and it's a hollow spherical structure that can have masses of minerals and crystals inside. 
But aside from the cavity itself not being able to withstand all the pressures from the crust above it, um, the amethyst that they show that's actually, you know, been constructed or, or grown inside the geode wouldn't be able to withstand the heat at that pressure and, the, and those temperatures. So it's a hardcore no for science. Do you know that when that's, that happened, when they every, when they go to empty space, right? And the point where the imaging is like, that's the noise. I didn't teach it. The empty space. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Like that, I was, that was haunting me in my dreams. I was just like, <laughs> I, t- I didn't teach it to recognize empty space. And then the guy was like, I didn't Did teach the, Theo to fly or Virgil, whatever. I didn't teach Virgil Flynn to fly in empty Virgil. space. <laughs> like, that made sense. I was like, see that. Yeah. But the, uh, that imaging comment was like fucking haunting me. I still can't figure it out. <laughs> but anyway, when they started going into the empty space, I was like, oh my God, is shit about to get crazy in this movie? I didn't even, it occurred to me. I was like, I was thinking about the abyss. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've seen James Cameron, yeah. the abyss. I was like, oh shit. I just thought it was like a disaster film. And now they're coming in. And I was like, there's loads left to the movie. Is stuff about to go off? Are they going to be aliens? Is it going to be like micro universes? I, I was like, oh my God, like, is this about to go crazy? And I was kind of a little disappointed where yeah. I was like, no, it's a geological structure. And now we're out of it. I was like, oh, I was excited. Because also there was like these giant fake crystals as if it was like. Such bad CGI. Oh my God. A hokey. <laughs> a hokey space travel film like it was like the kind of animation that's in rick and morty when they land on a planet and like there's giant crystals but it's like drawn you know it it was so absurd that i i had no i just didn't know what the movie was anymore and then before i knew it trouble over back on track and i was kind of sad about how much they just got back on track It's just like, I mean, I, I, all, all it makes me think, though, is like a movie that's been that I wrote down when we started this podcast three, nearly three years ago. Now, one of the movies that I wrote down was Journey to the Center of the Earth. <laughs> We've never gotten around to it. But uh, yeah. Um, and also, wait, they got out of the spaceship. They just started yes, walking. I wasn't expecting I that either because they didn't discuss the suits. They didn't mention the suits. So, and then I'm like thinking so sunshine was, and I'm thinking sunshine. I was thinking about this, right? And I was like, oh my God, the suits, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized I was like, oh, but the suits are made of unobtainium as well. So I just ignored it. <laughs> it's like, it's fine, whatever. That's why they can handle I was not being expecting. at that pressure and that heat. <laughs> they, were just, they were just jumping around with the big crystals in their suits. Yeah. and. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Are we going to get to the diamonds? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's so funny. Okay. Keep going. All right. So okay. so that's that's that challenge, right? So so that that's the they've come through, they found this geode and these crystals. Challenge number 3, amethyst shell breach. And that's where we get magma waterfalls and our first death. Bob is a mm. bye-bye. How do you feel about uh, about magma. the breach of the geode um, and the flow of magma coming through and the way that Bob died? I was totally expecting the thumbs up from the from the molten the metal. Just joking, I wasn't. <laughs> um, it happened very quickly, and it was like that makes sense. They yeah. had to kill that guy pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, also. Yeah, I mean, the magma is what they were expecting. Yeah. So when they were like, oh my God, 
it's magma. Like, yeah. It's like uh, the, they why do you out of the ship? The way. Why like, did you get out of the yeah, ship? Yeah, you you drilled a hole into it. Like you know, you drilled a hole in, and you you were going through, and then you drilled a hole. So there's obviously going in to it. be like liquid comes through into the empty space. Why did you get out of the ship? Well, they had. Why did you just start jumping around? They had they to because they had to drill off the, the amethyst that, that stuck in. It lodged into yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. they wouldn't. They couldn't go anywhere if they didn't do and that. And then he had. Um, they were like, they were, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Okay, so our next challenge then. Uh, diamonds. Diamonds are her girl's best friend. Again, very disappointed. <laughs> I wanted it to go off with the glitter. I was really disappointed that it wasn't glittering as much as I, they were like, giant diamonds. Yeah. I, th- I want them to like get out and like get a little like and like get some massive diamonds and yeah. i was really hoping for more from the diamonds to be honest <laughs> they were just like the it black shapes me... on the screen that they had to avoid it was basically going through an asteroid field like that's what it was it was that space scene where you go through an oh, asteroid that's true, field because those are diamonds like, yeah because those those are precious metals in those in fact that's what they say our diamonds are from i guess because it's like a great pressure the diamonds come because yeah. of the pressure so great yeah so, but what the what the diamond scene does give us as well, though, is it gives us our second death, Serge's death. How did you feel about this? Aside from the fucking the Galaxy box. Quest style, the Galaxy Quest style side scrape because she oh, was yeah. like, "I got this," and she was like <laughs> dodging it. It was that the one, and then she did the 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 side scrape, classic Titanic. Everyone does the side. Everyone yeah. forgets about the side scrape. Um, yeah, it was it was a great scene. Honestly, it was so hokey, but like so fun. Like, oh my god, massive diamonds, and <laughs> we have to dodge them. It was like a video game, maybe. Yeah, but it was it was really it was a good scene. Um, Fonzie says fun. that diamonds would just burn up its carbon that shouldn't exist. I don't doubt you. <laughs> I just this was the point for me where I just got <laughs> like it's like I just no. Nah. And the the Amasis thing was for me when, when yeah, I kind of I was went, like I mean okay yeah we've already we've already had a geo that can possibly exist at this point <laughs> sure throw in some diamonds just throw in something that that something that is expected to be able to breach the hull for some reason this unobtainium ship that apparently is like so strong but still not strong enough to be able to come into contact with a diamond without being damaged so. Yeah. yeah, but and if amethyst can survive under the pressure and heat, then fuck a diamond can survive, and <laughs> a massive this, diamond at that. Yeah, in this parallel universe that the core has been created in. Um, so the big question though, because Serge's death, right? Um, no, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, Frida, but uh, I genuinely cry every time Serge dies. How many times have you seen this movie? Oh, I've Abby? seen this movie many times. <laughs> Oh, really? Yes. I had no idea. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's very sad because they're all amazing much. at acting. Yes, Braz. It's very... Braz plays it. Braz and um, Keys at that moment when they're outside the door and they're both crying. And Braz is like literally there and he's like, he's trying, trying to do and He's like, I don't know what to do. He's like just trying to find a way to override the thing. We always get that override thing, but he doesn't actually know what he's doing. He's just like, I don't know. He's just trying to do something to get Serge out. But the big question is, um, could Josh have gotten Serge out? 
Oh, his death was horrible. Now I'm remembering like how painful, how awful the death was. Um, we're not without compromising the inside of the ship because of how extreme the conditions are. So basically, I this is this is my personal know. version of was there room for Jack on the door? I'm like, we're out here asking the important questions, okay? It doesn't matter whether Josh could have gotten Serge out or not. It wasn't going to work for the story. Well, I think that it doesn't matter. Theoretically, at the, at the time, you have to make a split-second decision. You don't know how much time you have until there's a real breach. Yeah. You don't know. It could be a second. When you found out eventually that it was a minute and a half, how could you have known that before? Yeah. You couldn't have. So you can't risk the mission. Mission. Exactly. And Serge knew that. He just wanted to save three. Three what? Because I didn't understand. I didn't. I, didn't, I missed that and line. Two and they, they repeat. Oh, three people. Yeah. I thought it was three worlds. No. I'm not trying to save the whole world. I'm just trying to save three worlds. People. <laughs> his wife and his two kids. People. That's all he wanted. That's all he cared about. That's what. Yeah. Three people. Go back and watch it again now. And cry. <laughs> cry for him. <laughs> It was a terrible death. Yeah. I mean, holy moly. The straight into the mold. I was like, that guy, did, you know, he was dead. Yeah. But the slow burning from the feet up. Oh, my mm. God. Stop it. Not as bad as the next death, which. Mm. What happens next in our podcast episode, Abby? Uh, Tell me what's well, what, next. Oh, I didn't actually talk about the other deaths. So I suppose we should talk about the other deaths then. Because, yeah, because the next death then is Braz. Um. Which is like, like, look, look, I mean, scientifically, it's completely fucking unrealistic. Like, the thing is, like, they say that it's 9,000 degrees. They say that the suit can handle 4,500 degrees. And we're talking in Fahrenheit here because American movies can't fucking handle the metric system. Um, but if the suit can handle 4,500 degrees Celsius, then that means that as soon as he opens the door, he's getting, or sorry, Fahrenheit. He's getting 4,500 degrees Fahrenheit. He's not moving. He's incinerated immediately. It's insane. There's absolutely no fucking way he could have moved through any of that. But it's a great scene. It's a great scene. It's so silly. It's like, it's so silly. If you would try to imagine for a second that they are actually where we're supposed to believe they are. And they're just making, they're just making it up at this point of like how quickly he'd be able to walk and like how hard yeah. it would be to move his hands. You're just making... Think gravity. Think the accuracy of gravity, right? The attention to detail. How would you actually move in the way we fussed over that? Yeah. Would would he go away? Would he be able to be pulled in easily? This movie, they're like, <laughs> let's... It'd be like he stepped in a lot of blue tack. That would be the way it would be to walk if you were hanging out at the Earth's core. The only thing I was thinking, though, okay. is I was like, um, the... What what would you be capable of achieving if you knew that everything depended on it, but you also knew you weren't coming out of it? Like that freedom of knowing that you're not trying to survive, so you only have to get to the end point. So long as you just get there, do that. It's not about get there that much time and then get mm -hmm. back out again. It's like, I just have to, like, how much do you think you'd be yeah, able yeah, to push yeah, yourself yeah. through? How much do you think you could tolerate physically just to do that one thing? If that's the last thing you're ever going to yeah. do in your life. And I wonder, I wonder what totally. the limit of our capabilities would be. 
with artistic license, yes, which they're allowed to have. So it's those two things together yeah. which make a very believable scene. Or yeah. I, I'm willing to believe it. So uh, let's just brush brush over the well, not brush over, but just let's just quickly acknowledge the final death as well, which is Zimsky's death. Um, which is kind of we don't we don't really get much, you know. He he blows up with the with the warhead, but like it is that kind of I I liked I liked with his dictaphone. With his dictaphone, I love I love that's a great moment. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I liked that moment though for him in that like when when he got pinned under it. That like there wasn't, it it wasn't about heroics. It wasn't overplayed or anything like that. But it was just that moment. He's like, just go, Josh, get the fuck out, like, you know, because his character, yeah. I think in other movies would always be cowardly, selfish, would be grasping at Josh, don't leave me, don't leave me, and all that kind of stuff. But I just like that he totally. was just. It didn't matter. Yes, he was selfish. Yes, he was a bit cowardly, but in that moment, he was like, there's quite literally nothing you can do. Go it's that almost kind mm-hmm. of scientific mind or just rational mind that comes through with like this is pointless get out i loved that what is that it happens so much in movies i'm like what is this fantasy that is like go save yourself this happens all the time in movies you almost think it happens all the time in life is there an interesting fantasy that people have of wanting to die like that oh I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that thought another time. Let's move on to the solution. So this is our uh, this is our final section, really. So we're talking about the the actual solution. Now the solution. I don't want to disappoint anyone here, but the um, final solution, if if you will. The final solution. So basically, what they're saying is they're they go down there with the intention of setting off an explosion that's large enough to restart the core. They do this, or the plan is to set off a nuke to force motion. Now, they reckon they need about 1,000 megatons, give or take. So they're using 5 by 200 megaton warheads. Now, um, I was trying to look at like the realities of this, and I did find an article that talked about it. So right now, I'm just going to read from that article first, and then I've got some kind of thoughts on it. So this article says... The solid inner core normally has a rotational kinetic energy equivalent to about 340, 200 megaton bombs. And then the liquid metal outer core has a rotational kinetic energy equivalent to 32,200 megaton bombs. So if you assume, this article assumes that only the inner core has to be restarted and that 100% of each bomb's energy could be converted to rotational kinetic energy means that uh, you, they're short by 335 bombs. But another point that he brings up here is that the bombs have to create a torque on the core in order to spin it. And when each bomb explodes, the shock wave would travel outwards in all directions, like an expanding sphere. So when the wave mm-hmm. hits the core, it would create a net force acting through the center of mass of the core... Um, but the forces that act through the center of mass cannot produce a rotation because they don't produce any torque. So it's basically kind of saying that you wouldn't be able to create a rotation. Now, I've got some thoughts on this because this person is assuming that it's the inner core. I assumed it's the outer core. I assumed That's that we're not trying spinning. to rotate the, the solid spherical iron block. I assumed we're trying to rotate the liquid 
around it. Yeah. Um. So when we so it's kind of basically saying that it's like a spin of the lair. Um, and that when they say that the core stopped spinning, what they're saying is that the liquid is no longer moving or flowing. And they do bring up fluid dynamics at one point when they talk about the wave interference thing. So I tried to look at this and I tried to look at geophysical fluid dynamics and it does actually refer to the dynamics of naturally occurring flows, um, such as like the rotation of a fluid due to planetary motion. Now, when I was trying to look into the rotation of a fluid though, to see how you could apply energy to generate a rotation, there was a lot of equations. And I decided that um, I neither know enough nor care enough about fluid dynamics to keep looking. So I didn't, <laughs> basically. If you could get an explosion to like trigger a Kickstarter rotation. Yeah. And then could you do it with this interference? Like what was their plan was to just throw one nuclear bomb and that would kickstart it because so, the final so, plan actually makes more sense yeah so so we'll let's let's come to the interference one in a second so there, there's three solutions right so the first solution is just the one that they go down with they go down they've got five 200 megaton bombs which they say sorry my battery went low for a second so which they say that is the equivalent of one a, a single 1000 megaton bomb they're just going to set that one off and they think that setting that one off is going to force a rotation um in the liquid that it will cause some sort of wave i guess to propagate um within the liquid and and create some sort of angular velocity i'm not entirely sure how that happens from setting off one large bomb in one region uh but in general anyway what they're saying is if you want if you if you're talking about a rotational kinetic energy uh the equivalent that the actual liquid core has is around thirty-two thousand times the energy of a 200 megaton bomb so, it, so I guess if you want to just say that, oh, if you just have to have the equivalent, then you need like 32,000 bombs and they've only got five. So that's not happening. No. <laughs> but, but how it could... Yeah. yeah. So what happens then anyway is that that's all based on the their estimation of the density of the core. But it turns out that the core is less dense than they thought. Um, so the weapons aren't going to cut it. And this is where we learn about Project Destiny. Deep Earth Seismic Trigger Initiative. So they say that this is a thing that sends high power EM waves down deep earth fault lines. And that this, this triggering of Project Destiny is what stopped the core from spinning. And that the core is an engine and it's currently stalled. And he says that if you fire density again, you might terminally destabilize it and every volcano on earth might blow. I don't fucking know how this works. I think this is just complete and utter and total horseshit. This is horseshit. Like also the fact that there was some weapon that, that... I didn't even understand what the point of the weapon was in the first place. <laughs> to use, it was, but that's the thing. Yeah, a weapon that you could create earthquakes. That's that's your that's your big futuristic weapon that you're just going to set off earthquakes. Like what? And the thing is, there are actually a number of ways that man-made earthquakes have been caused, like um, large mining operations, uh, injecting liquid into the ground. This 
uh, funnily enough, this is how the US Army tried to dispose of napalm in the 60s. Um, building large dams. Basically, any operation that can change the mass structure of the land in a really large, significant way can generate a an earthquake. But electromagnetic waves down fault lines, I don't see how that's happening. Fun fact, my optical hero, Joseph B. Keller, one of the gigs that he did for military was to calculate whether or not, whether or not off like bomb, nuclear bomb testing in the ocean could create, could cause seismic energy. They had him figure that out before they did that. And he found that it couldn't happen. And so they were like, great, thanks. (laughs) And then they did the bombs. God. Um, yeah, so I just don't like the whole Project Destiny thing is just super weird. The one thing I did want to say though is I think that their headquarters looks like the underground offices in Cabin in the Woods. Oh, dude, that fucking that was so funny. Those headquarters were so funny to me. What the hell? That was so white. So white. Crazy. I remember the white shirts. I was like, when they had the graphics up of the uh, of the bars, the energy bars, and then they go woo everything down. I was like, Frida's gonna love this. <laughs> it was this. It was so crazy in such a dense movie. The fact that we're like, and now we're gonna see this Destiny headquarters, and it's gonna be like a hidden headquarters. It's gonna be like in the middle of like a waterfall or some shit, and everything's gonna be like shiny and white because there's all that military funding, and there's gonna be huge graphics, and it's gonna be like green bars and like pink bars, and like oh my god, and they're all gonna be like, wah, 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 and they're gonna be like fire, and then it's gonna be so amazing, and then we're just gonna cut back to our heroes, and they're gonna be like, no, oh my god, yeah, it was insane, yeah. It was insane. Okay, so so Project Destiny is is definitely like a no-go, but I do think it brings us, and this is fascinating to me, one of the most sensible speeches, right? Because Zimsky is a knob, but like he has a moment, right, where he goes, our commander is dead, our weapons specialist is dead, our weapons control is gone, we don't know if we can arm the nuclear devices, the plan to fix the core no longer works, we go home. And I'm like, yes, that all makes perfect sense, but the rest of them just go, nah, we'll figure something out. It's just hilarious. Yeah, again, it makes sense. Yeah. Another strength of the writing is that I was like, yeah, on board. Yeah, yeah, go home. Let's go home. This this is cool. And everyone's like, let's do plan C. <laughs> what is plan C? You don't have a plan C. And then plan D, then plan yeah. E, then plan F. So, but they do eventually figure out a plan C. And the plan C is to create wave interference. So... <laughs> Wave interference, right? What they say in the movie is that it's uh, used fluid dynamics to reinforce each other in a geometric progression. Now, they're kind of, so yeah, so they're talking about creating some sort of interference pattern that increases the amplitude of the wave, I guess, such that it grows with each bomb until by the final one, the wave is large enough to create some sort of angular velocity. But like, I don't really know where the wave is. It's, it's in a fully contained system, so I, I don't really know what's happening. There's they're they're creating some sort of yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's just assume that it was possible. This is where I think it falls down. And they go, Yes, we'll have to figure out the exact second that you drop them. Precisely. Precisely. I'm like, do you know how long that would take? <laughs> 
you think you could like the, so that's the first issue right they're like yes let's just say that that that, that can happen which all i could think was they, they were talking ponds all i was just thinking of a pond i was like well what about a pond let's let's think about a pond yeah is that what happens do all these and suddenly there's a tsunami whatever but um let's just say it's true yeah. and then that they managed to calculate it exactly where they're going to drop it exactly the second exactly the position okay let's just say they even could do that crazy then they have some fucking delay don't they that's the thing in the movie not minutes later there's like this big thing where it's pinned down and like oh my god we got they have a delay and that it happens anyway yeah so the thing that confuses this movie doesn't give a yeah, shit. The thing that confuses me, <laughs> and it might shit. be me, just um, not really understanding how. But like, so so what they want to do is they want to con- constructively interfere the wave patterns to create larger, more effective waves. Right, is what they're basically saying, and that by doing it in a sequence, that you basically it it just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. What is it growing into? This is a fully enclosed and contained system. So where's the, like, is it just that, like, your creation, the explosion is just creating some sort of a, a rotation? The amplitude, I think the only thing that could possibly refer to is the amplitude of those waves might double if it is hitting at the correct point yeah. as does that mean the force of the bomb doubles? But like the, I don't the know. The thing is, what direction are the, they going in, right? So you so you set off a bomb, a, like a ripple, like dropping a stone in a pond, and you create that ripple, right? You create your your wave towards the core. Yeah, right. But but it's in the it's in the liquid. It's the liquid that they're trying to rotate. Right. It's the liquid that they're trying to that they're trying to get to to spin again. So they're trying to instigate a rotation in the liquid. By a reaction to the bomb. they drop it at the correct point, they drop it down at a tangent and then again tangent, tangent, tangent. And if it's sort of at the tangential kind of things, it's causing the direction to be like horizontal. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to in. So the dropping. And so if you imagine it like that, that that this sort of tangent in this kind of like across so it forces so, it across 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 i can kind of okay. see that if it was in a lot of sequence you could start something spinning um so if you think about it um, the question is that should have been their plan from the beginning if you think about it the question is is this combining together increase this is the part that, yeah kind so of, so I that's where that's where i'm that. confused by it because i'm like so so you drop it off and you create your pattern right and then you drop the next one where is it joining? Because it's joining in the space in between the two bombs, right? But you want it to continue and connect to the third bomb. So you actually needed to join on the opposite side of the second bomb, right? So I guess you're kind of assuming that the first one is creating enough of a pattern that it's moving past the second bomb. Then the second bomb goes off and creates a constructive pattern on the other side that then moves to pass the third bomb constructive pattern and continues like that. So that you get a larger wave that's traveling around. 
Yeah, sorry, there's a fruit fly there. Um, yeah, I just... I feel like there's some way to actually work out the physics yeah. of it, but I feel like I don't know enough yeah. about fluid dynamics to actually be able to explain it in a in a satisfactory way. But I also feel like there's definitely a lot of bullshit. So, <laughs> is it even worth trying I, I to try think to come up with a uh, satisfactory explanation? The plan C makes more sense than the plan A. Yes, I agree with that. Like, if you just think about it, um, that they all kind of do it together, but. I think the stones in the pond thing is like super distracting to me because I'm starting to like think about the actual amplitude of the waves of the motion of something into the plasma, into the magma um, and whether that creates a bigger force of motion and in which direction I, I, again, like I think that if it was possible, it'd be so precise your calculations and there's so much back of the envelope shit that happens in this movie. That's yeah. kind of where I, I start starts to lose me a bit. I'm like, Oh Jesus, come on. It's like MacGyver at the yeah. earth's core. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I just, already. I just want to let it go. I just want to let it go. Cause I just think like trying to, trying to like, we're just assuming that they're managing to create some sort of angular velocity within the liquid and that restarts the core. And somehow, one of the most miraculous things of the whole movie is that um, they have a visual of this so that the NASA control room gets to see it and, and gets, we've got full rotation. We've got full we rotation. Have spin. We have rotation. We've got rotation. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, it's it's the, the fact that they have a signal that where they are is the most miraculous part. I thought you were going to say that he built a solar cell down there with his like, burp, burp, burp. like he built a cell to get them back, like in under yeah. three minutes. <laughs> amazing. He's so amazing. Welding. I wrote without any PPE. <laughs> it, under, in, uh, it, it was like three minutes. He had to build a solar panel. And the next thing, he's welding. Also, isn't this after Without he has any completely glasses. destroyed his hands from holding the nuclear fuel rods? <laughs> I was. I thought in a, in a more horror movie, they'd take the gloves yeah. off and, he, and he'd be degloved. <laughs> but, but he yeah. welded without any eye protection um, and built a cell. And yeah, but like, listen, it's the end of the out world. Ran a there. You're not worrying about PPE. <laughs> So the shockwave. And then okay. the planet heals itself. So yeah. So basically, the movie ends with the it goes to get full rotation, and they ride the shockwave back through. Um. To uh yeah to the thing which I'm not gonna I've got a bunch of things to say about that in a in a bit but that's uh that's that's where we're ending but the then movie. they're at the bottom there. of the ocean and then it's no, like, no, no, yeah. yeah so we're gonna end it there now. That's okay. that's where we're ending the movie. I've got two other sections, right? So we've got what the fuck and we've got final comments. Do you want which one do you want first? Final comments. Okay. Right. So final comments then. Okay. So I've just got I've got a bunch of just random comments. One, two, three. Yeah, I've got a bunch of random comments. Okay. So I just want to say, okay, so my first comment is that opening titles were better in the 90s or early 2000s and I stand by that. Loved the opening titles. The core. I saw Tar. I saw Tar with Kate Blanchett, and those opening titles, I was so angry at them. <laughs> I I was almost audibly like, "Oh Jesus, 
It's enough already. What the fuck? That was like, I almost left the cinema wow. after okay. 90 seconds because of how fucking annoying those opening <laughs> credits are. Ugh. All right. Okay. Give me, give me a final comment. These were good. I, I wrote, phew. Thank God we're back safely in the land of lava. Uh, comment after they leave the. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually have loads. Yeah, no, Sorry. it's okay. Just, I've got, I've just, got a good yeah, bit as yeah. well. So I've got the, uh, just the scene with the Endeavor rolling up to the construction guy with the headphones and the little tap. I love it. But then I also yeah. remembered that they also used Endeavor in Moonfall as well. That was the ship that they took out of the museum and they brought along the street. And I was like, this was a way better use of Endeavor. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so she asks the guy that they're traveling together into the Earth's core. So you're really a college professor? <laughs> Couldn't ask at an earlier time. Find out who these people are. What's another one? Um, there's a moment where uh, he's he's when they're drunk and the the federal agents come to get them and he's in the bar and he's making a joke and I just liked the comment that the agents had where they just said, well, we have no sense of humor and we're armed. I think he was like, yeah, why should I classic. go with you? And they're like, we have no sense of humor and we're armed. I was like, that's a good reason to go with them. Um, Hillary Swing, after the first person died and Hillary Swing like freezes this astronaut. I was like, cause nobody's ever died before. It just, the, her freezing as, as a trained NASA astronaut because somebody died. But it was her commander that died. Fine. <laughs> okay. Um, fine. Blowing fine, up fine. the mountain with the sonic Fair. laser thing. Totally batshit, but glorious. I love the sheer madness of it. Just the fact that they were able mm -hmm. to cut this enormous hole out of the side of a mountain randomly. It was, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, have the, the fact that people were having tea in Paris at the end where they were like, <laughs> when I was like the planet, it's like, it's okay. Stand back. The planet is healing yeah. itself. It's okay. Also, yeah. Rat gives a kind of knowing. I've seen this before. Yeah. It's okay. So I've stupid. seen it. It's the planet yeah. healing itself. Insane. Um, oh, something that I did really like. So I felt like there's no random casualties just for the sake of it. Each person dies doing something useful for the mission. You know, no one dies doing something stupid. Mm. Each person dies doing something that is required for the mission to be able to move forward to the next stage. And I thought that was really cool. All right. So my second to last comment is the desert at the end when when the Earth's core starts up again and there's like this big wave and it almost looks like the camel just got a new bump <laughs> or something. The way that it, the way that it sent this wave and the camel oh, yeah, was like, whoa, like desert, like I've a got a bump worm. now. It was like Dune had happened. It was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was weird. Um, I, I had that Eckhart is like a mad delirious scientist by the end of it. You know, and he's like, he's got the gloves on his hand and he's like, <laughs> In the ship, there's just something. He's completely out of it, but I loved it. I thought it was hilarious and adorable. <laughs> um, and my final one is Rat at the end sending the government secrets around. Yeah. I was like, this is a sad note to end on, but I was like, Chelsea Manning. That's basically Chelsea Manning. Also, didn't NASA have 
its own hackers. Just saying, like when they were like, "We need to find know, the best hacker," I don't know who but I was like, Manning "Surely is. you have bright people." But you don't know who Chelsea Ma- no. Manning is. Well, Chelsea Manning was worked for the U.S. military, but as like a computer person, like Rat, yeah. like totally even looks a bit like Rat, and released all these documents to WikiLeaks, including the famous one of the Black Hawk killing oh, okay. civilians or killing killing emergency responders um and was put in jail for a long time and effectively tortured and spent a lot of it in isolation until finally finally obama overturned um her sentence Uh, she anyway super complicated story but yeah like a a a nerd that works for the military who was like this is fucked i'm leaking this and then so when rat at the end was like Fuck this. I'm leaking it. People need to know. I was like, oh, bro. Yeah. They got yeah. They, they got to they gotta send you away for decades. It'll be decades. fine. It's a movie. <laughs> It'll All right. be fine. Okay. My final right, comment is this movie one. is a fucking masterpiece. Um, okay. Good for you. I stand by it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. What the What the What the fuck? Frida, what is your what the fuck moment? I've got like seven. Okay, I have one. Okay. And can I just say that, uh, well, I guess I have another little one, but, you know, when they imitate the Indian accent, like there's a, there's a character that oh. has an Indian accent and they speak to her like this, they speak to her like this. I was like, that. whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy. But that's not my real what the fuck. My what the fuck is Stanley Tucci's Louis Vuitton bag <laughs> propelled me to be like, why don't they have snazzy military issue? Why don't they have military issue luggage? And then I was like, wait, why don't they have snazzy military issue cool jumpsuits? Yeah. Like in pixels. Why don't they get that? What the fuck? But then I they like go to the Earth's core in their own clothes. Why would, they, why would they make jumpsuits? I don't know. Because <laughs> so that somebody doesn't bring Louis Vuitton luggage, then you have to be like, oh, man. No. Why, where's their military issue luggage? I was kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> But then I remembered we complained in Pixel and made fun of it. But I was like, this movie pretty much has it all. Yeah, Why do they, they all have three snazzy jumpsuits? To, to get ready in this movie. And Pixels, they made the... Whereas they, Pixel they, they had were like, It was three 24 days. hours and they made the jumpsuits. <laughs> like, that was ridiculous. <laughs> all right, okay. give me your seven. Come all right. On. Uh, so at the start, when the guy tells Beck that her crew crashed the space shuttle, so her career was over. Like, where the fuck did they expect them to go? Like... The logic of that moment for me, I was like, what do you mean her career is over? What else was she supposed to do? They, like, no, no, I'm not happy about that. Doesn't Um, matter, it's bad PR. The idea of using Project Destiny, um, basically just the idea of using earthquakes as a fucking weapon in warfare is insane. The, oh yeah, look, the planet is healing itself. (laughs) How are they navigating on the way back? Like, do we just not care? Like, how are comms getting through? How is any of that happening? They, they do all the navigation to come Whales. down, and then coming back, they don't have their laser thingy anymore, but they just... Whales. The whales, yeah, that's how they're navigating back. Okay, cool, from the core, through the whales, sure. Um, the filmmakers aren't even trying by the that end of the, the movie, equivalent. because as they come Sorry. back, we get those shots, which are hilarious, where we just get 16 hours later, four hours later... 
<laughs> Why did we need those shots? We didn't need them. They're just getting uh, us over the finish line. This was the thing. A few hours they, later. The movie should have ended with them just getting to the ocean floor. The whole searching for the whale sounds. Rat the hacker out there like, the whales are singing to them. None of that should have happened. Why the fuck was all of that added to the end of the movie? And then my biggest actual moment, which it's not even a what the fuck moment, it was just the moment, as you said, rat at the end, where he just goes, like the way the movie ended, the way the movie had to end. Destiny meet world. World meet destiny. No. <laughs> there we go. So much movie. So much movie. Well done. Okay. So we're on to our final verdicts. Um, <laughs> did the movie pass the Sam's test with our two female characters in the whole movie who never interact with each other I think no no uh, <laughs> did it pass the science test science no really? are you sure do you want to should we check over? Is there anything you're not sure about? No, they made it all up. They made it all up. Even my child is like, that's this surprising. He was being so polite about it. Fake science. It's very surprising. Um, okay, what's your final verdict? Oh, it's so hard because it's so like hokey and fun. <laughs> but it's terrible science, but I have to give it a 2.9. That's a high score for such shit science. That is a high score for shit science because I want to give the movie like 4.5 as a movie, but like one for science. So what's my average? Yeah, about two. Oh, close. About two point. Yeah, about the same as you then. Let's say the same. All right. Great. Frida, what is our next movie? Inner Space. Oh, I don't know what this is. It's a it's a science comedy with just comedy actors and it's well there's outer space and now we have inner space. Oh, maybe it's also going into the core. It's a movie called Inner Space, which is like some big movie comedy that people always tell me about. Have you seen Inner Space? Oh, well, you have to see Inner Space. So it's time. Let's watch it. We'll see what it's all about. Okay, so uh, in two weeks' time we will have Inner Space. Uh, oh, please give us a rating. I know we ask all the time. Review re- us. Give us a review. Give us a rating. <laughs> Join us in two weeks' time for Inner Space. Next week is our main episode, which I don't know what it is yet. Um, no, this is our main episode. What am I talking about? <laughs> Next week is our mini Shut up. Next week is a mini and I can't remember what the episode is. Oh god. All right. Okay. Sorry. It's been a it's been a wild morning, guys. Thanks for listening. Um <laughs> follow us on TikTok if you want to see video clips and stuff from our live recordings uh at Science of the Movies and you can also find us on Instagram or you can send us an email scienceofthemovies at gmail.com if you have any movie recommendations or questions things that you want us to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>